0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 106 and today we're going to be focusing on NXT and AEW Dynamite like we do every single week, Uh, but we've got a few added things we're going to throw into this week's episode. So we've got a special guest host who we're going to be introducing very, very soon. Uh, Towards the end of the episode, we're going to be finding out what's grinding our gears and what's floating our boat about the wrestling industry, about the wrestling business at the moment, what's really kind of getting us hot under the collar about the wrestling business and what's really kind of turning us on to the product and getting us excited about wrestling in 2020 at the back end of the episode we're going to be answering your questions we've got some listener questions uh from our uh, facebook and twitter followers so really can't wait to get stuck into those with my special uh, guest who i'll be introducing very very soon but first off a little bit of a plug, because uh, I haven't got a sponsor, so I need to sponsor my own show. And it's all about the WrestlingWithJonners.com website. Visit wrestlingwithjonas.com for daily news, daily updates, exclusive articles, as well as all of our podcast episodes, our back catalogue of all of our podcasts, social media links, vlogs, and exclusive interviews. Our most recent interview that we've done is uh, in conjunction in partnership with Turnbuckle TV. And it was uh, the excellent Chantal Jordan, the Kamikaze Pro Live champion, uh, who we interviewed. And uh, that's sitting there waiting to be listened to on WrestlingWithJonas.com. We've also got links to our merchandise as well and so much more. Our merchandise includes the original Wrestling logo tee, our unsanctioned tee, our podcast Strong Style tee, as well as hoodies, phone cases, mugs, and so much more, all with the Wrestling logo. logo logo. So go and check that out at WrestlingWithJonas.com. There's also a PayPal link. So if you fancy supporting your favourite podcast, any amount of donations will go a long way to helping us to produce the quality podcast and YouTube content we've been delivering since 2018 team. Simply click on the PayPal button at the top of the wrestlingwithjonas.com website to help support um, all of the hard work that goes into producing um, what I consider to be a very consistent, a very prolific wrestling podcast uh, with up to two brand new podcast episodes that drop every single week and multiple YouTube videos released weekly, um, all on the Wrestling With Johnners YouTube channel, of course. So please support the Wrestling With Johnners podcast with a small donation using the PayPal button at the top of the web page. That's wrestlingwithjonas.com And of course, if you enjoy listening to this, podcast please don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops so the plugs are out of the way on to my special guest and uh, i've got uh, jamie bell from the ringsider podcast on the wrestling with Jonas podcast um also has his own podcast bell to bell so jamie good afternoon how are you sir
1: good afternoon i am wonderful my friend i am rocking and rolling as
0: usual Fantastic, and uh, we've been trying to, you know, hook up and, and get this uh, arranged for a little while now, but finally we got you on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast yeah. to talk everything good about NXT and AEW uh, from this past Wednesday. But uh, before we get stuck into all that good stuff, Jamie. Tell us a little bit about yourself because we've got spoken uh, to you we've not had you on the podcast before um, I think you 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 kind of came into fruition a lot of people came across you as part of the the wrestle thoughts podcast that got rebranded last year uh, into the ringsider uh, pod uh, podcast um, and and you've also got your own little side podcast going bell to bell so tell us about the creative uh, kind of the creative side of yourself, really getting involved in all the podcasts. starting with Wrestle Thoughts, moving on to Ringsider and uh, Bell to Bell. So what got you hooked in podcasting? How did it all start for you then, buddy? Um,
1: it actually started with Callum, um, obviously my other co-host for Ringsiders. Yes. Uh, Callum would all, had always wanted to do a podcast, and we were sat in a pub one night, and was like, "Why don't we do it?" Uh, and then obviously, Wrestle Thoughts was born. Mm. Uh, then obviously we brought Kate in. Uh, I believe you, you've spoke to Kate a few times on your show. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Then uh, obviously we, we rebranded, we changed the name, and we were all like, we're really enjoying this. So why not have our little own side projects, and we can use Ringside as as the main podcast, sort of the umbrella, yeah, uh, kind of so to speak. And so it just kicked off from there. I'll be honest with you, I am the biggest technophobe out of the three of us on the podcast. So, you know, I just turn up, I host, I talk, and (laughs) Callum and uh, their credit do the editing and everything else i just i just kind of turn up get a paycheck and go <laughs> so, well, there we
0: go that's uh, what podcasts are all about as long as you can talk to talk and uh, that's the most that's important it. thing you know leave the editing to somebody else if you can then do that but so that's pretty cool and you've got your own uh podcast so you, you say we spoke off air that you've uh, uh, dropped a couple of episodes of Bell to Bell already. You're going to be getting a co-host on board fairly soon. Tell us a bit more about Bell to Bell. What sort of uh, wrestling you focus on? Is there a particular era or particular genre of wrestling? Or uh, what, Tell us a bit about Bell to Bell and what my listeners of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast can expect if they tune into that.
1: Bell to Bell is basically we're going old school. I am a, a huge, I mean I've been a wrestling fan since 1987, so I'm sure you're my age now and I just love everything old school, the old school feel. So I thought, why don't I do my podcast looking back at matches and rivalries and, and old pay-per-views from back in the old days. Um, and I did a couple of episodes, like you said, and I realised, you know, I held my hand up. I just thought, I need a co-host for mm-hmm. this. I can't do this one on my own. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in uh, a friend of our podcast, Immy. Uh, who is also an old school fan and we are going to be recording from next week. We're getting the ball rolling. We'll be recording on Tuesday and we will be starting with, uh, WrestleMania seven, which is in favorite pay-per-view. Oh. So I said, so we're going to, we're going to be covering WrestleMania seven and chatting some old school wrestling
0: superb i will definitely be tuning into that I love Wrestlemania 7 in fact the Wrestlemania's of that era kind of the, the late 80s and early 90s were quite a special bit of a golden era of wrestling to be honest with you and, and that whole period whether it's NWA or uh, AWA I kind of love that whole 80s early 90s feel um but uh, tell us a little bit about your your kind of passion for wrestling nowadays and kind of what, what what do you tend to watch or what do you kind of have to have kind of earmarked on a weekly basis what do you have to watch on a weekly basis and, and kind of what sort of wrestling really t- turns you on at the moment well I, i'm gonna be honest and i'm probably going
1: to annoy a lot of the uh, the, the twitter army but i like all wrestling believe it or yeah. not you can watch any wrestling you want um so i i look forward to all of it i i must admit at the moment i look forward to nwa power more than anything that to me is the best wrestling show on tv at the moment
0: yeah, well, what, what 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 do you like in particular about NWA Power? Because I must admit, I watch it every single week as well. I absolutely love it. Um, but uh, what what is it about Power that kind of really kind of uh, gets you hooked every single week?
1: It's it is wrestling done in its simplest form. It's not made difficult. It's it's an hour show in a studio. It is just how wrestling should be. They come out. They have a little. You know, they have the promo at the podium. They get in the ring and they wrestle. There's no, there's no stupid segments or it's just wrestling. It's how, to me, it's how wrestling should be. That yeah. one hour, I look forward every night when I come home from work uh, and I just put it on. And for that hour, I'm lost. I, I just forget where I am. It's, it's that good. Uh, so NWA power is, for me, it's, I look forward to NWA power more than anything at the
0: minute on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I remember kind of when NWA Powell was uh, only a few weeks in, you guys had a, one of your tweets featured in the uh, opening segment of one of the episodes. Do you remember that? We did. Yes. And I'm going to blow smoke <laughs> up my ass now
1: because that was my tweet. The technopho- I heard it was. Technopho- I heard it was. Yes. The technophobe <laughs> sent the tweets out and it
0: actually,
1: <laughs> uh, yes. But no, it was fantastic. I didn't even realise. I think Kurt or Callum put it in the group chat and I was like, whoa, that's my tweet. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. It was an honour because all three of us are huge NWA fans. Um, and to have that aired at the beginning of the show was just uh, surreal. Uh, and it, it really made our day. It, it was wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been involved in quite a few kind of big moments. Um, I mean, you you, and the other ringsider guys, you kind of broke when Adam Page uh, attacked Pack at uh, Gates, was it, last May in Nottingham? Uh, was uh, you, was yeah. you there? I know that Kurt was certainly there, but uh, that was quite a big <laughs> moment for you guys, and uh, your video went viral.
1: Yeah, we were all there. We were uh, we were all front row, and uh, that match where Adam came out, I'd gone to stand at the back because I'm, my backside had gone numb, so I went to stand up with another <laughs> one of our friends. There. I left, obviously, Kurt and Callum stayed front row, and I, I've never... I'm, it, I've never heard anything like it. And this was held in, like, a, just like a gymnasium, like a leisure centre gymnasium. And the crowd, that, that's another thing I love about pro wrestling, is when it's a, a legitimate reaction. When, you know, I'll, the element of surprise is missing for me a lot in wrestling today. And that day was just fantastic. I was stood with the the owner of WrestleGate, Gary Ward, and he, he just turned around to me with a big smirk on his face and two-sweeted me, and I was like, yes. This this is wow! I've been to so many wrestling shows. I you know we travelled to Chicago for All In, yeah. But I've never had goosebumps like I did that day when uh, he came out, and the crowd just went incredible. And props to Kate. That was Kate's video. It went viral. I think we were even mentioned in Forbes magazine. That's how yeah. far it went. And um, so yeah, it was it was incredible. And that's why I love wrestling moments like that.
0: Totally. Yeah. And that that's kind of the best bits about being a wrestling fan, isn't it? Just kind of those surprise moments, whether you're there in person watching it on the TV screen, no surprise moments when, when they can keep a secret and, and run a storyline and an angle really, really well. That's when it's golden. That's that's the, that's the moment you kind of treasure as a wrestling fan. But uh, we, we spoke a little bit about NWA just a moment ago, being your favourite uh, go to wrestling show every single Tuesday. Now, you and the uh, I think it was yourself and Callum had the, the pleasure and the honour of speaking to NWA Power announcer Joe Galley, uh, on your most recent episode of, of Ringside Pub. Pop, Th- that must have been a hell of a, a get for you. Um, I know that you've, you've had some interviews on on uh, Wrestle Thoughts and Ringside. I know Kurt's done one or two on uh, Kurt's angles, but uh, tell us about getting Joe Galley and uh, how that experience all went down. Then,
1: yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. One of our our friends sent us a message saying, "Oh, um, Joe Galley's open for interviews. You should drop him a message." So I, I literally, I was like, why not? The worst thing he can do is say no. So I, I sent him a tweet because his, his direct messages are open. I sent him a direct message. And within about an hour, he replied saying, absolutely. And we had to reschedule a couple of times. But we finally got there. And last Saturday, yes, me and Callum uh, interviewed Joe Galley. And it was possibly one of the best interviews we've done. Uh, he is an absolute gentleman. And it was a, a pleasure to interview him and we hopefully will have him back at some time in the future as well um, but yeah absolute wonderful guy um, I'm not going to give anything away but I am in the process of uh, talking to another member of the NWA roster uh, about coming on the show but I won't uh, give that one away just yet
0: That's superb and I'll tell you what as soon as we get wind of it we'll kind of help to uh, spread the word on Wrestling With John's oh. social pages but uh, um Let's just talk a little bit about um, uh, about AWA then. Uh, sorry, AWA. We're talking 80s <laughs> again. So let's talk about AEW then, uh, Jamie, because um, yeah. it was another cracking episode. We're only... At the time of recording, when when uh, this went down on Wednesday, we've ten days removed from A W Revolution. It's taking place next Saturday. Uh, are you looking forward to Revolution? Are you going to be catching that? You're going to be watching it as a fan. Are you going to be staying up and watching the pay per view uh, somewhere, uh, maybe in a pub somewhere, Jamie. Uh, I will be watching it. I will probably watch it
1: from my uh, my sofa because luckily it's a Saturday night, I believe. So I don't wake up. sun. I can stay up and watch it. I might see if the ringsider boys want to come round and watch it here with me. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. Um, I love, I love the fact that AEW are doing the four pay-per-views a year, not yes. monthly. Yeah. Time to, you know, it gives you time to build your storylines, to build these characters up. And I'm very excited because, like I said, you're not waiting month by month. You're waiting three or four months, and I, I love that. So I am so ready for this next week. I, I
0: cannot wait this yeah. pay-per-view. And uh, of course, AEW has been going head-to-head with NXT since about October last year. Um, do you tend to watch both shows? If so, what was kind of your bread-and-butter, which your go-to show? Which one do you watch first over the other?
1: Uh, I do watch them both. Um, I will be honest, I watch NXT first purely because it's on the network first and yeah. I don't have the uh, fight TV, so I don't watch AEW till Friday night, Saturday morning when it's on uh, ITV. So I do watch NXT first, um, but I, again, I, I love both shows, uh, regardless of which one's on first, I'm going to watch them both. Um, so yeah, I just it, it's great, you know, you get to your weekend, your Friday night, and I've, I've got NXT, I've got uh, Dynamite, um, and, a, and I'm going to give a big shout out to Impact, because I think Impact's going under the radar at the moment, and they're doing some good stuff, um, so
0: I watch that as well. Yeah, no, good good shout there. Before we get uh, speaking about this week's AEW Dynamite, give my listeners a bit of a shout uh, as far as where they can find your podcast, because uh, I was meaning to do that uh, just a moment ago, but completely forgot. So where can they find Bell to Bell? Where can they find Ringsiders Pod? Where can they listen to this fantastic uh, creative content uh, that, that you're a big part of, Jamie? Uh, we are available
1: on everything. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud. Go on there. That's where we are. And um, we also have a website, ringsiders.com. Uh, or is it .co.uk? It's one of them. Callum will kill me. I've got it wrong. But it's one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, we are We are everywhere. We are on everything. You type in ringsiders, we are there.
0: And cool. that, that will be the same bell to bell when we uh, start re-recording re- that as well. Super. But I'll make sure that uh, all of those uh, links and handles are part of the description to this podcast. Someone says could just click down into the description and uh, find you nice And easy. we do some more plugs towards the end of the episode so they can find you on the uh, Twitter and all your social media stuff. But uh, let's get stuck into dynamite Then we're, g- we're going to talk about the main event first of all, then, Jamie. So the steel cage match between Wardlow and Cody. It was the first time they've done a steel cage match at all in the history of AEW. And I know they've only been going a year or so. Uh, but this was the first ever steel cage match in the the history of AEW and this was also Wardlow's first match in AEW his AEW debut uh, this was also part of the, the stipulation set out by MJF in January so on top of the 10 lashes that uh, was dished out by MJF to Cody a couple of weeks ago and uh, Cody of course not being able to lay a hand on uh, MJF until they do eventually meet in the ring this was um, the third part of the stipulation I suppose where uh, uh, Wardlow been inside a cage to fight off Cody 10 days before Revolution. Um, give us your thoughts on, on kind of the build and the feud uh, between MJF and Cody leading up to their kind of what's going to be a fantastic match next week at Revolution. Um, how do you feel the build's gone? Has it kind of hooked you? And what, kind of what, what's really kind of drawn you in about these two?
1: Yeah, I, I have been hooked from the start. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Cody fan anyway. I always have been. Um, but MJF has really sold this for me. He is everything a heel should be. You just—you—you you are desperate to see Cody get his hands on him and punch him in the face. Totally. It, that, is yeah. what, that is what a heel should be doing. And I, I cannot wait for this. The, the whole storyline, it's, it's had some old school elements in it to me as well. You can, you can tell Cody has sat under the Dusty Roads uh, learning tree. And I, I just love it. The stipulations with the lashes, you can't touch me. Um, it, it's just from start to finish, it's fantastic. I cannot wait. Um, the case match was, was great. I was a bit nervous because I thought you know, they've really pushed this Wardlow character. I'm just hoping when the bell rings, it's not going to be, oh, uh, well. But I was very impressed with Wardlow. I think Wardlow's going to be a star. I think, I think Wardlow will be a big babyface someday.
0: Yeah, definitely a big, impressive character. But uh, in this match, uh, Cody gets busted open nice and early after being drilled face first into the cage by Wardlow. Uh, MJF gets uh, the cage door uh, launched into his head, thanks to Arn Anderson. Then Arn eventually disposes of MJF into the third row over the barrier. The match comes to an end after Cody climbs to the top of this huge cage. Now, I I don't even know how big this cage was, 15, 20 feet high. Uh, And then he delivers a Kurt Angle style moonsault from the top of the cage down onto Wardlow down below. gets the hard-fought pinfall victory to cap off uh, this very impressive episode of AEW and this very impressive cage match. And like you say, considering Wardlow's not wrestled in an AEW ring before, I thought he put in a a hell of an effort. He looks fantastic in the ring. He's got a great presence. So like you say, um, he could be uh, a a big figure to be talking about somewhere down the line. But once again, Cody delivered. uh, Like I say, he did bleed. Um, He he, he tends to do that a fair bit in some of his matches. Sometimes (laughs) intentionally, sometimes unintentionally intentionally uh, but it does work and I think we've got a couple of questions about uh, blood in uh, in uh, wrestling and Cody's matches a bit later on in the in the listeners questions but um, this match definitely delivered as far as I was concerned like you say every part of this this feud and this build towards MJF and Cody at Revolution has really really worked in my eyes um, but uh, give us your kind of overall thoughts on, the, on this match and how he went down and that that moonsault more than anything. I mean, if anything was going to beat Wardlow, it had to be a big move, and this was the biggest of big move Cody could possibly deliver at the end of this match, yeah. Jamie.
1: It was. I I thoroughly enjoyed the match. Like I said, I was a bit bit nervous at first, you know, it being Wardlow's first match, but it really delivered. Um, I I loved every aspect of it. You know, the the blood, the the moonsault. The, um, it was just incredible. It really was. I, I think it was the perfect. Last stipulation to build up for Cody MJF, totally. and what I like as well, I, I look for the little things as well. Like obviously at the end of the match, MJF's laid out on the uh, the, the rampway. Cody's looking at him, and it's just the little expressions on MJF's face where it's like, uh "Oh, <laughs> it's my turn next." It's just little, little things like that that sometimes go unnoticed and, and forgot. And it was just done perfectly. It, it was done absolutely perfectly, start to finish. I I could watch that again In fact I may watch it again Because I've got it on my planner still That's how much I
0: enjoyed it Yeah, like I say, for the first time, MJF, uh, he appeared rattled by what had happened in front of him. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a crazy match. And as you said at the top of the podcast, uh, but we just want to see Cody get his hands on MJF. And uh, yeah. yeah, kind of, you know, really, really lay in a good beating. But I think MJF's a good wrestler, not only is a good character uh, and a good heel, but I think he's a good wrestler and I think it's going to be a good match on the night as well. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite kicked off, however with a tag team battle royal with the winners going on to revolution to uh, face the tag team champions whoever they might be because there's a tag team total match in this week's episode of AEW. but some of the highlights from this very fun tag team battle royal um su they got eliminated early on after some distraction interference from the dark order once again teasing whether christopher daniels because he wasn't there alongside su with it with a- Daniels could possibly be part of the Dark Order fairly soon. Uh, we also saw a bit of a hoss fight between Luchasaurus and the Butcher. That was quite good and got the crowd heated for that one. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, they made a bit of a late entry into the match uh, and they made an immediate impact when they entered the ring. Nick Jackson gets eliminated, uh, leaving his brother Matt to fight it out alone on behalf of the Bucks. Uh, my favourite tag team in AEW at the moment, the, the, the Jurassic Express, they got eliminated. That sucked. I really wanted them to go uh, a bit further than they did. Um, Orange Cassidy, he made the appearance underneath the ring to, to rescue Trent Barretta, by preventing him from being eliminated. And it came down to Matt Jackson to fight off both members of LAX or Santana and Ortiz. Uh, and what a fight he put in. Uh, he eliminated Ortiz. Uh, then uh, he super kicked Sammy Guevara, who came out of nowhere with a springboard, uh, didn't have an opportunity to execute whatever he intended, got super kicked out of midair, and uh, a fantastic sell job from Sammy on that one. That was just fantastic. It folded him in half. Uh, then Matt was finally able to eliminate Santana with a huge super kick, uh, sending him over the top rope uh, to the floor to win the tag team battle rule for himself and his. Brother. Um, and uh, as Omega and Paige they looked on from the back uh, they know that uh, if they were to survive their match against the Lucha Brothers later on that evening it would be the Bucks that they would face at Revolution so quite a fun way to kick off this week's Dynamite Sir uh, Jamie um I think a lot of people have been waiting for the Young Bucks to have their tag title opportunity. They're going to get it on uh, on Saturday at Revolution. Uh, we won't give away who they're going to be fighting just yet, but uh, quite a good, quite a fun tag team battle wall and uh, a good kind of spirited fight from uh, Matt Jackson at the end there uh, to fight off Santana and Ortiz. And uh, that super kick to Sammy Guevara, that's another highlight that I'm going to remember from this show.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for a battle royal. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that, that super kick to Sammy Guevara was <laughs> incredible. And, and the way he sold it, like you said, he folded him up. It,
0: it was, was fantastic.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm, I'm going to, again, maybe annoy a few, a few people here. I've actually been going off the young books a bit lately because I just feel like when you're watching their matches, you know what's going to happen before they do, I think they rely a bit on the flips, which I'm probably going to annoy a few people with. But I will admit I was invested in this battle royal. And I'm maybe coming back on the Young buck side a bit after after what I saw, the performance that was put in. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like you, I my favourite team had uh, you know, Tishoros and Jungle Boy. I would have loved to have seen them win it. But uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the Bucks winning it. It was, um, wouldn't have been my first choice, but I they may have won me over a little bit. I might have come back over to their side a little bit. Um, but I'm excited to see that match. Uh, again, I won't give away who against. <laughs> but I, just, we are touching on as well um, with the Dark Order and Christopher Daniels. I, I've said this for a, a while. I have this feeling that Christopher Daniels is the guy, but That's just my opinion. Again, I wasn't very bothered by the Dark Order at first, but this storyline has really invested me, and I think they are a really, really good addition to the roster. And I look forward to any Dark Order segment now. I'm really excited to see where this goes
0: yeah I agree the dark all is growing on me as well but going back to your point about uh the young bucks I was exactly the same as you uh feeling that they were a bit too flippy uh you know lots of high spots not enough storytelling in their matches yeah. but uh, I felt that there was a lot of storytelling in this match and I thought that uh, Matt having to kind of go it alone uh, for the second half of his battle royal, and, and he really did put in a hell of a fight and told a hell of a story and I think that's what's been lacking from a lot of young bucks matches and we certainly got it here on Wednesday but I uh, loved it um so uh Yes, can't wait to see them on Saturday. Uh, Then in another, another fun match, we saw Chris Statlander. She defeated Shana. Uh, with an inverted pile driver. I'm not, not quite sure what she calls her uh, her finishing move there, but uh, uh, a win in a very competitive match, almost certainly setting herself up as a possible contender to the new champion, Nyla Rose. Um, and and uh, We we had Nyla Rose out on stage. She was interviewed by Tony Giovanni uh, telling, us, telling us that when she gets hungry, she breaks bitches. Uh, she also, we also get an appearance from Chris Statlander and Big Swole out on the stage uh, to send out their challenge to the new champion. So I said on last week week's episode of the wrestling with Jonas podcast Jamie that now that Nyla Rose is a champion she seems to have added a lot more freshness to the division uh, a lot more kind of uh excitement to the division kind of I, I wasn't very invested in Rio as a champion as much as you know as I think she's a fantastic wrestler she she wasn't really there she wasn't a fighting champion but um Nyla Rose, I think she's kind of shaken things up a little bit. It's nice to have a heel champion. And uh, my question to you is, you know, you've got a a few possible contenders to Nyla uh, Nyla Rose's championship. Uh, I don't think a match has been announced for Revolution yet, but you've got Big Swole throwing a hat into the ring. Chris Statlander doing the same. And then uh, during the women's match, you had uh, Britt Baker on commentary. So you've got a few possible contenders there to Nyla Rose's crown. Uh, What's your thoughts on kind of Nyla Rose and what could potentially go down on Saturday night?
1: I'm a, I'm a huge Nyla Rose fan, and Same. I think it was a great move putting the, the title on her. Um, not a knock on Rio, like you said. I think Rio's a fantastic talent, but it just wasn't doing anything for me. Uh, Nyla Rose, you've got the big heel champion. You can chase after her now. Uh, Chris Statlander, I think the sky's the limit for that girl. I think she's going to be a mega star in AW. Um, I would like to see her eventually get to the top. I've got a funny feeling that we might uh, see a, a number one contender match with Big Swole and Chris Statlander. But then again, you mentioned Britt Burkhead. Where does she come in? Do we have a triple threat number one contender? It's it's exciting because we've got so many possibilities. So I, it's it could go anywhere. way. I, I personally would love to see Chris Statlander because I think she is incredible. She is the best female, for me, the best female they have on their
0: roster. Yeah, and that, that would be two kind of quite fresh young talents going up against one another at revolution. But uh, I said on last week's podcast, I love Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose to face off against one another. But, but like you say, there could potentially be a number one cont- contenders match on this coming Wednesday's dynamite. So that'll be very interesting. Um, but yeah, they have definitely done what, what was needed for the women's division is shaking it up a little bit by uh, putting the belt on a new champion. I think Nyla Rose is doing a great job so far, but uh, um, then we had another match. Uh, John Moxley he seems to be on aw uh every single week going up against jeff cobb now um we saw the champion, Chris Jericho, along with Sammy Guevara and Big Hurt. Uh, they they take front row seats. They're kind of waving their tickets in everybody's faces so that they, they everybody knows that they belong there. Um, but uh, Moxley was selling his uh, injured ribs from the beatdown that he received on behalf of uh, Jeff Cobb and the Inner Circle last week. Of course, in one spot, we see Cobb throw Moxley into the front row, allowing Jericho a cheap shot with the AEW belt. Uh, the end of the match came following a, a huge superplex from Jeff Cobb on Moxley, but it was Moxley. Moxley that was kind of thinking on his feet. He hooked Je- Jeff Cobb's legs, turning it into a pinning combination for the one, two, three, and a win for the new number one contender, uh, John Moxley. So Jericho and in the inner circle, they, they crashed the ring. They attacked Moxley. Uh, we had uh, Dustin Rhodes come down. We had Darby Allen come down to make the save with Jericho and uh, the inner circle fleeing the ring. And to me, you know, AEW revolution can't come soon enough whenever we spoke about revolution or quite a bit already in this uh, kind of AEW rundown. But, uh, Jamie, give us your thoughts on what went down here, including the return of Darby Allen, who we've not seen for a few weeks, and uh, a possible match between Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. I think it's uh, been uh, booked now for Revolution. So that's going to be a really fun match between two young, really exciting talents going up against each other next Saturday.
1: Yeah, I, I, again, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'll be really honest with you, I've never been a huge Jeff Cobb fan. Um, I've never, I've just never quite, Got, got it. Yeah. Um, but I again, you know, I again, like I said, with the books, watching Cobb and Moxley, I, I was I was impressed with Jeff Cobb. He, him and Moxley had a great match. Uh, some of the stuff he was doing. I mean, the guy's a suplex machine. That suplex when uh, Moxley came off the top rope and he caught him, did the belly to back over his head onto the uh, the outside. That was uh, pretty with, special. Was yeah. So I I I hold my hands up again. I am I am. Impressed with Jeff Cobb now. It was a great match. Um, I loved the ending. Um, It showed you Moxley was thinking, like you said, ahead of Cobb. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think we're getting Dustin and uh, Jake Hager as well, aren't we, I believe?
0: We are indeed. So the card is really starting to kind of fill up now for revolution. But uh, I mean, that's one good thing. You you mentioned Jeff Cobb and he's he's well known kind of on the indie scene. And I think he's wrestled quite a bit for Ring of Honor. But it's one thing that AEW have done a really good job of is is bringing in these people that we're not too familiar with, maybe semi-familiar, might have seen one or two matches of theirs or heard about them on the internet. And they're really kind of highlighting these new talents and and bringing them into prominence, really. And uh, that's something that, wwe have really failed at doing over the years and uh, they're obviously doing a fairly good job on nxt but aew are really kind of excelling in in, in kind of bringing these these uh, stars from the independent circuit and making them superstars on more of a worldwide stage as they did with jeff cobb here in this one match albeit on the losing end uh but i don't think he was hurt too much by the loss because it was up against john moxley of course uh, but uh yeah and, and then, then of course you've got darby allen sammy Guevara to look forward to on saturday so um that Another be,
1: really good segment here. Yeah, I think that could be a show stealer, Darby really? Allen and Sammy Guevara. I really do. I'm, I'm so excited for that match. Uh, again, Darby Allen was a guy I wasn't very familiar with till AW, uh, but I'm so invested in that kid. I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, Sammy Guevara, we know, can go. So I, I, I honestly think that may be the show stealer uh, revolution.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then there was this uh, incredible tag team championship match to finish things off between Kenny Omega, Adam Page, current AEW tag team champions going up against the Lucha Bros. So this was another outstanding match with both teams leaving everything in the ring, Jamie. With so many highlights, you, you had Ray Phoenix doing his usual usual stuff, his kind of rope walks, his hurricane runners all over the place. You had Adam Page flying off the top turnbuckle to the outside, uh, but we did see Adam Page nail his own partner, Kenny Omega, with a, with a Lariat, um, and uh, with the, the, that led to a close near fall from Penta with a Penta driver. Um, Omega executes a stunning Tiger Driver 98 for an, no, another close near fall of his own on Phoenix, uh, but it was the combination of a V-trigger from Omega and a Buckshot Lariat from Page um, and uh, Ray Phoenix on the unfortunate end uh, with, uh, with uh, the current champs retaining winning the match retaining the gold and uh, going on to revolution to uh, take on the bucks for the tag team championships on the line so in my opinion, this was, was this was a pay-per-view level match. This was pay-per-view level action. Uh, super hot action from both teams. They completely tore it up. Um, at the end of the match, the Bucks come down to share the ring with their opponents for Revolution, as I've just mentioned. While Paige, he sees the opportunity to down a few cold ones with the fans on the outside, Jamie. Uh, but uh, give us your thoughts on this incredible match for Wednesday night and uh, what we have on, in store between the Bucks and uh, Omega and Paige. And um, yet another missed cue from Adam Page in this match we've seen it once or twice before and uh, could another miscue potentially lose them the titles on Saturday night well this is uh, again great match and I've, I've always said as well that
1: with uh, Phoenix and, and Pentagon I've, I've never fully been a fan of them as a team I do prefer them as singles but whenever they are together you can't argue with the matches that they put on and again with this uh, four world-class guys putting on a show And I think the tag team title match at Revolution is going to be another potential show stealer. I I, I could be wrong, but I just feel like we're getting a very, very slow Adam Page uh, heel turn. Uh, I'm not sure if you agree or not, but I just get that feeling that we're going that way.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And I've said it for the last few weeks or since the kind of drinking angle has kind of come along uh, on recent episodes of AEW Dynamite, there's something's going to happen in the future. And it it almost certainly is going to lead to costing Omega and Page the championships. And that could very well happen next Saturday against the Bucks. But uh, I'm quite intrigued. They're drawing it out. Um, Yeah, I mean, to make it more effective, they could draw out the angle and they could draw out the the slow turn from Page there. But um, obviously, long term, we're going to get a match between adam page and kenny omega which i think will be absolutely fantastic uh, that could be at double uh, or nothing two in may um but um yeah between now and then uh, you know that they keep pulling out the wins though they keep retaining they keep managing to do it as a team so it makes you wonder whether they they just need to do it one more time on saturday night against the young bucks but that's going to be another really fascinating match for sure um but um looking ahead to next wednesday the go home show to a W revolution. You've got, you got another cr- couple of cracking segments to look forward to. You've got that 30 minute Ironman match between pack and Kenny Omega. You can't help, but think that there could be some shenanigans there, possibly with Adam page coming down, uh, after having a beer or two, you never know what could uh, happen there, but that's going to be in itself. From, from a wrestling standpoint, that should be a tremendous match between Kenny Omega and Pac. And they've had a bit of a, an ongoing rivalry, an ongoing feud now for quite a while. And then, of course, you've got the the World Championship weigh-in um, between Chris Jericho and John Moxley, uh, just a few days ahead of their big world title encounter at Revolution on Saturday night. So a few things to look forward to next Wednesday, uh, the Iron Man match and the weigh-in. Uh, what, what's kind of what you're looking forward to the most, then, Jamie, from next Wednesday?
1: Oh, the Iron Man match! Uh, I for think sure. that's yeah, that's going to be incredible. And like you said as well, um, obviously with Page and Pack have had this rivalry. Wouldn't it be funny if Page somehow inadvertently helped Pack get the win? And it's just there's so much can happen. I, that as soon as I saw advertise on this week's Dynamite, I was like, wow, I can't wait for that because you know people are going about on me again, but. My God, Pac can go as well. Pac is a for me, is a very underrated performer, oh, and totally. that is gonna be one hell of a match. I can't wait for. Yeah. And with the weigh-in, like you said, I love, I love that the weigh-in. They're giving it that real professional, you know, professional fight feel, and I, I, I think that's gonna be great. And obviously, we all know something's gonna happen at the weigh-in, so it's, it's again, it's, it's a must see that the making you tune in, the making you want to come back, and it, it's, it's exciting. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, they really are. And I spoke to you at the top of the show about what was your kind of, your your go-to show, uh, whether it's NXT and AEW. You said due to circumstances, having the network is always NXT. I I do have the kind of the the luxury of having fight TV. So I do uh, pay to watch Dynamite every single week. But... uh, Going back a few weeks, it was always NXT first, had to watch that first, followed by AEW Dynamite. Recent weeks, it's flipped. And uh, I think with the storylines, with the action, with the drama of Dynamite on a weekly basis, uh, my preference now is a switch to, to Dynamite and I have to watch NXT kind of seconds after watching uh, AEW. And it, it's, it's the storylines, it's the drama, it's the characters. Um, I do think they're pulling off some some really good in-ring action as well. Now, I have to say, before we cover this week's uh, NXT, NXT is still producing, I think, the best overall in-ring action between the two shows. But when you put the two packages together, AEW, you know, with with the heat from the fans um, and the storylines and the characters and the build to, say, pay per view such as Revolution, uh, AEW is kind of ticking all the boxes for me at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I
1: totally get that, yeah. I think, obviously, a lot of the fans wanted that alternative and AEW was giving them what they wanted. And yeah. it's, it's nice to hear, you, you hear the fans in the arena because, I mean, Raw and SmackDown, it just isn't the same anymore. You, I, I always go back to the actual there, You know, the roof used to come off when people like Austin came out on The Rock. And I feel like with Raw and SmackDown, there's nobody really who gets that kind of a reaction. Um, you might have Daniel Bryan for a while, but everything, that's died down. Yeah, you watch AEW, and it's it's great. I I, that's what I love. I get excited when you know you've got a good crowd, and that gets that gives me goosebumps. And AEW seem to have weekly just crowds that are on fire. Um, so I I totally totally get it why you're uh, you're swaying that way.
0: Yeah, and you know A have got the cool factor at the moment because they're the new kids on the block. But they're backing it up with everything they're doing, and they're listening to the fans as well. When they when they you know mess up with a botch or with a you know a storyline that people aren't buying into, they switch things up. And I, I know it's all part of kind of the learning curve, and uh, you know they're only what three or four months into doing this on a weekly basis. But um, yeah, I, I think the, with what they got going at the moment, um, I'm fully invested, definitely. But I will say that NXT is my kind of it's my baby. It's, it's Kind of my my bread and butter, um, and uh, I'd be lost if I didn't have NXT to watch uh, every single week. But let, let's have a little talk about NXT from this past Wednesday, and it was hot off the heels of Takeover Portland. Uh, did, did you catch Takeover Portland? If so, what did you think of that show? Um, I did,
1: and I will be honest. I, I spoke to uh, Callum the other day, and I said to Callum, "I think it might be the best takeover I've seen so far." Um, I thoroughly top to bottom start to finish, uh, it was possibly the best takeover I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of getting those vibes as well from people uh, out there um, on Twitter and Facebook and I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. My only criticism I thought the main event went a little bit too long, um, but uh, otherwise I thought it was a stellar show, a really stellar show, but uh, this week's show kicked off with a, an in-ring promo from the Undisputed Era with uh, Adam Cole telling the fans that uh, everyone wanted to step into the ring with, NXT, with the NXT champion, uh, but they will learn the hard way um, as, as to why he's the champion. Just then Roddy Strong, he grabs the microphone, but he's soon interrupted by the voice of the Velveteen Dream, uh, to, to get further inside the mind of Roddy Strong ahead of their match um on this week's show. So um That's going to be the main event segment of NXT this week. The first match on this week's AEW uh, NXT was uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, of course. Leo Rush going up against Jordan Devlin. So this was a really action-packed match uh, between these two excellent Cruiserweights. Uh, Rush nearly had the match won following an Avalanche Spanish fly and a a slingshot cutter. But after missing his uh, final hour frog splash, Devlin drilled Rush with a headbutt and a Devlin side suplex uh, for the pinfall victory to retain his NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So this was a a really good match. The fans appeared quite into it, um, a a, a very solid opener. Uh, but with the news coming out of takeover Portland, that there will be an NXT UK takeover in Dublin in uh, April. I think it's April the 26th. I'm sure that Jordan Devlin would love to be a part of that show in Dublin on April the 26th. Um, Have you been to any of the NXT UK takeovers yet? Um, Would you consider going to Dublin to to catch this one? And uh, what's your thoughts when the news broke about having a takeover in Dublin in April? I've not been to any of the takeovers yet. I I
1: would love to. I really would. Uh, I've been to a few NXT UK TV tapings, um, but I I, I would love to go. If if I could afford to go to Dublin, um, I would. Um, it's, It's... all the affordability at the moment for me yeah but yeah again it's gonna be great the fact that the you know they utilizing the UK they're not just basing everything in England they've been to Cardiff they're gonna Dublin you know maybe they'll go to Glasgow next you, you know they've got a lot of Scottish guys on the roster of course so you know it, it's it's gonna be exciting wherever it's at uh, regards yeah. to Jordan Devlin uh, that guy might be one of the best performers in the world right now. When you've got Shawn Michaels and Triple H endorsing you on a regular basis as well, you know you're doing something right. And I, I would like to see a long, very, very long run uh, as Cruiserweight champion for that kid.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of Jordan Devlin and uh, can't wait to see uh, what happens to him next. He seems to be kind of fully uh, embedded into the black and gold brands over in the States. So uh, as to whether we'll see much more of him over in the UK or on the UK brand or possibly at TakeOver Dublin, I'd expect to see him on the TakeOver Dublin card for obvious reasons. And uh, there's also been rumours that Finn Balor is going to be a part of the next set of NXT UK tapings leading us up to TakeOver Dublin because he's going to be featured on that show as well. So uh, it's going to be quite a heavy Irish contingent, I think, uh, going into that show on the 26th of April.
1: Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's booked for the next t- tapings. I think it's uh, NXT in Coventry for the next tapings. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get a Finn Balor match at TakeOver Dublin. Uh, it'd be interesting maybe to see him go up against Tyler Bate because I know that was teased a little bit, wasn't it, before? So mm. Finn Balor, Tyler Bate, I'd be more than happy
0: to sit yeah. down and watch. Because so they, 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 they planted that seed at uh, at Worlds Collide, uh, didn't yeah. they? Just before the War Rumble where they had that, uh, I think Tyler Bate came to or tried to come to Johnny Gargano's aid and kind of got beaten down so yeah, that, that's very clever booking if, if they're kind of playing it that far ahead that could work really, really well and uh, um, I know that uh, Tyler Bate is an excellent talent and uh, I've, I've been to take over Cardiff and Blackpool too so I know firsthand how excellent he is but I uh, would love to see him go up against Finn Balor. Like yourself um, I won't be able to go to Dublin um, but I uh, can't wait to see it on the network, anyway, but so that will be a pretty tasty match. Oh,
1: oh, god, yes,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. My God, check my check my money right now. I don't
0: mind at all.
1: Yeah,
0: I'll go. I'll go in debt de- and go to Dublin for that match. <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll go with you. But uh, NXT continued. We we had Austin Theory was coming out uh, for a match, but uh, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. As Tommaso Ciampa uh, was out there wanting to address Johnny Gargano's situation, Johnny Gargano's uh, actions, and uh, uh, apparent heel turn at Takeover Portland last weekend. Uh, the very talented Austin Theory suffered uh, the brunt of uh, Ciampa's anger, uh, leaving Theory laying. Uh, they saw it It's also announced later on in the show that Austin Theory will go one on one in a match with Tommaso Ciampa on next week's NXT. But uh, this leads us nicely to uh, the the first of our listener questions, uh, then, Jamie. It's actually from Rob, who uh, is uh, kind of uh, part of the, the Bob culture podcast uh, you may follow bob culture on twitter but rob asks um uh, thoughts on gargano's apparent heel turn uh no real explanation as of yet and uh possible bianca being used um in the mania match uh, against uh, charlotte and rhea ripley so focus on the first part of rob's question there uh, gargano's apparent heel turn no, no real explanation at the moment uh, what's your kind of thoughts on what went down at Takeover Portland last week, and does it look like we're going to be getting a match between Champa and Gargano, which was the match we should have got over WrestleMania weekend last year, but we're going to be getting it this year instead? Yeah, I I was I was very shocked,
1: but I really enjoyed it, and it was it's nice the fact that they've they've turned the roles almost, uh, and yeah. with Gargano now playing the heel because Champa's come back and is is super super over, um. I, I I love it. I personally I loved it. I think it's a, a fantastic idea. You know, Johnny's your, your quintessential good guy. So I'm I'm very intrigued for the, the promos that are gonna be coming up with, with Johnny as a heel. Um I, I think it's brilliant, I really do. I, I I love the fact that we've we've Raw reversed uh, and I I'm excited. I it's gonna be our mania takeover match. They're giving us what we didn't get last year. Raw's reversed. I, I'm So excited for this. I I really am. I think it's a really good move.
0: Yeah, and hopefully uh, we'll see a bit more of Johnny Gargano in the lead up to that match. But um, I know they tested the waters last year with Gargano kind of going tweener uh, a little bit uh, shades of grey with Johnny Gargano. That didn't yeah. really work. And then he kind of turned back fa- baby face. But I, I think they're going to go full blown heel. They need to really to make this work and to have that kind of blow off match we didn't have last year. Um, but uh, I'm fully invested in Tommaso Ciampa as a baby face. And uh, I know that Gargano, he can deliver whether he's a face or whether he's a heel. Or I think more importantly is, is kind of talking in the ring um, when the bell rings kind of uh, is, is what he's best at but um yeah, I think they're going to deliver over a weekend most definitely. I oh, think it's going yeah. to be the match to watch, but uh, really, really looking forward to that one. And I'm looking forward to the build as well. I mean, these two are great storytellers. I think they're going to kind of tell a, a really great story and build the angle and kind of get us more invested week on week, get us more heated um, all the way up until the 4th of April. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, cool. This episode of NXT, Jamie, it's quite um, Brits heavy, wasn't it? I mean, you had uh, obviously the, the, the Grizzled Young Veterans They defeated Raul Mendoza and Joaquin uh, Wilde. Uh, you also had Pete Dunne and uh, Matt Riddle. They, uh, they they wrestled a match. Um, I think they, they faced Only Lawkin and Danny Burch, didn't they? So we're quite a Brit heavy show this week. It was. Yeah,
1: It's a testament to the British wrestling scene. Uh, we, we are stacked with talent over here. And it is a testament to those guys that, you know, they deserve to be getting that platform. Uh, yeah. Pete Dunne's over there full time now. I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzled Young veterans end up over there full time. And, incredibly deserving of it and again it's a testament to the British wrestling scene at the moment
0: yeah, totally. And, and, and as I said on our TakeOver Portland review with uh, with Mags from the Badlands pod, uh, you know, just thinking ahead to TakeOver Templar over WrestleMania weekend, I'd love to see the Bros Awaits defend on that show. Uh, I mentioned on the review show for TakeOver Portland that I'd like to see them defend against the Time Splitters. I think that would be a tremendous match over WrestleMania weekend, the Bros Awaits versus the Time Splitters. But then kind of thinking one step further, you, there's other really good teams out there on NXT at the moment that you'd love to involve in a match like that. So maybe, you know, just a bit of fantasy booking here between me you, Jamie, you know, a fatal four-way ladder match. You could have the weights versus the Undisputed Era versus the Grizzled Young Veterans versus the Time Splitters. I and mean, what an amazing four-team ladder match that would be. Uh, you know, that, that would certainly be a WrestleMania weekend-caliber match involving the four best teams in the division um, at TakeOver Tampa. But uh, any thoughts on where the weights kind of might go? Any potential uh, matches that you would like to see at TakeOver Tampa in April? Um,
1: I, again, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch with um, Undisputed Era. Um, yeah. I would love to see the Grizzled Young Veterans get a go, but I've got a f- funny feeling that we're going to see them go out with the Forgotten Sons first, um, mm-hmm. who, again, um, are a, a, a team I, I love. I think they're very underrated, the Forgotten Sons. Uh, but, yeah, the bros are I, I'm, I I admit I was a bit unsure at first, like these guys being put together. But it's really working and you can see the chemistry of them both as well. You know, Pete's the straight guy, uh, <laughs> Matt Riddle, the, the, the comedic uh, element. And it's it's fantastic. And I, I will happily see them defending against anybody. Um, one thing I would love to see, uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen, is I want to see the revival come back to NXT full time. I would love to see the revival and the bros go at it.
0: Yeah, well, I think if you were to ask the Revival, I think they'd love that option as well, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, one one thing I will say about the NXT tag team division, I think it's in fairly good shape at the moment. I mean, you know, for quite a while, it was down in the doldrums. But I think that the latest incarnation of the Dusty Road Classic, I think that's done gone some way to kind of revitalising the tag team division. It did create a few unique pairings and a reformation of time splitters and GYV and uh, Gallus, they came up for the tournament But uh, I think it's in fairly good shape at the moment. So, you know, we can potentially afford to kind of fantasy book, you know, uh, similar to what I mentioned earlier, looking ahead to WrestleMania weekend. But uh, the Bros awaits, they add a freshness to, to the division. As much as I love the Undisputed Era, what, three times? NXT Tag Team Champions. As yeah. much as I love them, I think the awaits doing a great job at adding that freshness, adding that uh, bit of character uh, to the division as well. So thoroughly enjoying it at the moment.
1: Yeah, me too. Absolutely, absolutely. Just the, the vignettes, you know, them arriving on a golf cart. Was it? It was just, it was just brilliant. Pete Dunn sat there, and his facial expression does never change. Matt Riddle's having the time of his life. I'm like, yeah, this is really working. I'm actually really enjoying this, and that's. That's wrestling. I'm enjoying it. So it's, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm sold on this.
0: Yeah. And I'm just waiting for uh, Pete Dunne to kind of break character and uh, laugh on screen at what's going on. I don't know yeah. how he manages to keep a straight face all that time, but it's got to happen And at uh, the moment like, it does. It's, it's kind happen.
1: of the whole uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan thing in a way, isn't it? It's, yes. Yeah, you're kind of waiting like we well, you waiting for Kane to finally give in. I mean, you're kind of doing the same with Pete Dunne to break character. So you say, yeah, I love it. It's working a charm.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I like what uh, Pete done. Uh, sorry, Matt Riddle said just before their match, that the uh, the Dusty Classic trophy's been suspended for 30 days under the wellness, for, for violating the wellness policy for partying too hard at TakeOver Portland, so uh, that was quite fun, because he has become, the, the, the trophy, it's almost, they've added a, like a human element to it, and he's become the, the yeah. third member of the team, so I, I love that part of it as well, I think that's really good fun. Uh, but uh, let, let's, let's have a look at the main event of this week's NXT then, Jamie. So it was the Velveteen Dream, his first match match after being away for four or five months going up against Roderick Strong now this this was uh as I said Dream's first match after being put out of action by the Undisputed Era um, I think he was kind of uh, launched off of one of the the trucks backstage uh, and his storyline mode was put out of action um for four or five months uh, he made his return a couple of weeks ago of course and uh, uh, this match was was pretty action-packed throughout. Um, however, towards the end of the match, you had the, the Velveteen Dream, a kind of tore off his, his all-in-one costume to reveal a, a new set of spray-painted tights, revealing uh, Roddy's wife, Mooney Shafir, uh, on, on the front and the back this time on his new gear. Uh, Dream eventually picked up the win, uh, but the show went off the air with all four members of the Undisputed Era coming into the ring, attacking Velveteen Dream, uh, leading to what many think could be, you know, setting up Velveteen Dream, as Adam Cole's next opponent, next challenger to the NXT Takeo- NXT Championship, Jamie's. Do you see the dream as the next number one contender, possibly over Mania Weekend to Adam Cole's Championship um, to take over Tampa, possibly? What's your thoughts? Yeah, do you know, do you know what? I'll be honest with you, yeah, that didn't even cross my mind, but I yes. I think that's where they're building. I think that's what they're leading yeah. to. Yeah,
1: I think that could really work because I was talking to someone the other day, like, Obviously, Gargano and Ciampa are going to be going at each other. Um, I was possibly thinking Finn Balor, but if Finn Balor's doing a lot of the NXC UK stuff at the moment, who does it leave you with? Then, obviously, The Dream. Uh, I'd I I'd be sold on that. I can even see The Dream beating Adam Cole at Mania Weekend. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But as for the match, I, I just going back to uh, Dream and, and Strong, what I love for this match is the fact that you've almost you've got the Velveteen Dream, the babyface, with heel tactics, with the heel in Roderick Strong, almost being like the babyface defending his family. It's it's I like the dynamic of it. it's the whole, you know, I love the the old school element, you know, the ravishing with rude when he did the same to Jake Roberts. Exactly, and, yeah. But I'm just watching I'm thinking, this is good, this because the babyface is being quite a heel here. And the healing strong is having to act like a baby face defending his family. And it's, I I, I like, I've been really enjoying this storyline. And yes, I think you could be onto something with Dream and Cole at Mania Takeover. I think that could
0: happen. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's no obvious, now that we're kind of at the other end of Takeover Portland, there's no obvious contender. You've obviously got Tomato Ciampa and uh, he's going to be, you know, reigniting his feud with Johnny Gargano you know, it's up in the air as to what they're going to do with Finn Balor over Mania Weekends. We discussed earlier that he's more than likely going to be on the card for TakeOver Dublin. So whether they're going to be promoting him on two separate TakeOver cards at the same time, pretty much, is to be asked. Um, So then it leads you to believe who's going to be the new number one contender. Obviously, you see what Dream is involved with at the moment with Roderick Strong and the other members of uh, uh, UE getting involved at every turn. So, yeah, I think uh, Dream could be the next uh, natural, number one contender to Adam Cole's championship and, and like you said that would be a fantastic match between two excellent wrestlers um that can really tell a story you can just imagine Velvet Team Dreams entrance as well over that but you know that that big takeover in Tampa it's going to be uh, completely over the top. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we've got to the point now with the Undisputed Era, potentially, I mean, they've lost their North American Championship. Roddy Strong obviously losing to Keithley a few weeks back. Uh, UE losing their tag goal to the bros Weights on Saturday. It's only the NXT Championship to go and, uh, you know, and Cole... But, but there's been rumblings for a long time now about potentially moving UE up onto either SmackDown or Raw. And, uh, you know, this losing the final part of the Golden Prophecy potentially over many weekends uh, could be the catalyst for that. And uh, I think that the dream would make a good NXT champion. But uh, any final thoughts on uh, on the main event or on uh, this week's NXT then, Jamie?
1: I just, again, thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think they ever put a bad show out to NXT. Um, And you also mentioned with Undisputed Era, if they do get that call-up, I just hope they get the call-up as the Undisputed Era. Keep the four together, because they are the best faction we've had in a very long time, you know. They're better than the Shield, in my opinion, and I would keep them together. So if they're going up, keep them together
0: yeah i totally agree and i've been giving this a lot of thought myself recently and i'm thinking as much as i like uh roddy strong i think the undisputed era will be you know bobby fish and kyle robert be fine as a tag team adam cole he's obviously got the, the presence and the character um and uh, the wrestling ability to handle himself but i do fear for roddy strong i, I know he's excellent in the ring but when you get up onto a program like raw or smackdown it's not all about yeah. ring work it's about character and i i don't know whether roddy strong's character as an individual he's strong enough to kind of carry him through, you know, any of those two brands. So like you say, keep the four together, you know, they're stronger together. I think they'll go a long way as a faction. And uh, quite interesting what you say, that you rate them higher than the Shield. Uh, yeah, considering it, I, I think, you know, technically wise, they, they could be definitely um, in that conversation. Um, but uh, very, very interesting. But keep them together, please. But I do fear for the fact that after they've lost all the gold, that you, you do kind of see some, some you know, fractions uh, between this group. And, uh, you know, it could lead potentially to the end of the group. But I hope not, because they are tremendous as a group and i yeah. do fear for Roddy strongly if he has to go solo but uh, there we go that kind of sums up our AEW and our nxt reviews from this past wednesday let's have a little look at uh, the new feature that we introduced a couple of weeks ago with with max from badlands pods and um we, we, we looked at this new feature about what's grinding our gears and what's floating our boats. so let's talk about what's grinding our gears first of all what's really getting us hot under the collar what's what's really annoying us what's pissing us off about the wrestling industry and the wrestling business it could be a particular individual it could be a match it could be an angle it could be a business decision or something that's happening in the wrestling world but uh, let, let's go over to yourself first and jamie if you don't mind what's grinding your gears about the wrestling business at the moment then
1: Oh, man, what pisses me off? Scripted promos. Oh,
0: good subject.
1: Yeah, um, I, I can't stand it. You know, I, I just don't like it. Raw, raw, specifically Raw Smackdown, where you've got guys memorising paragraphs and paragraphs. How am I going to get invested in that person and their character when they're reading something like that a, a, a failed Hollywood writer has given them to read? I want that person to be themselves. Like Steve Austin always used to say, I was Steve Austin turned up to 100. I was given bullet points and I went out and I was Steve Austin. And what I said was from me. That's what it should be happening now. So scripted promos drive me insane. Absolutely drive me insane. That is what grinds my gears. Um, I I can't think of anything else to be honest with you. I think
0: otherwise I'm quite a a simple guy. (laughs) Well, I I have to agree with you. I mean, whenever I watch an episode of Raw on SmackDown, that's the one thing that really gets me going because when I was growing up a fan, you didn't have any of these. You know, they gave you bullet points uh, back in the the 80s and the 90s. They gave you bullet points. You'd go out there, you'd be your character, you'd you'd know your character, and you'd know what your your character would say and what your character would go out there and deliver. And it worked. I mean, you look at, could you imagine somebody like Jake Roberts being scripted? Or could you imagine somebody like The Rock or Steve Austin or yeah. uh, Randy Savage being scripted? Um, I mean, you know, God knows the Ultimate Warrior probably needed to be scripted because he was just, he just went <laughs> off on a tangent. Uh, but uh, there were a few that probably could have done with a, a Hollywood writer writing for them. But um It it was so much more natural and you bought into the characters when it was unscripted and uh, it made you more invested in them as performers as well as characters and made you more invested in their matches and the product as a whole. Um, But it's kind of got to a point now where all the wrestlers sound the same because they're pretty much being written uh, and being vetted by the same group of people backstage. But but one glimmer of hope though, Jamie, uh, and this will give you a little bit of hope, and I did hear um, on... Jerry Lawler's recent podcast, uh, I, I, he mentioned that now that you've got Paul Heyman in charge of raw and uh, Vince McMahon has kind of taken more of a backseat because he's focusing on the XFL that P- Paul Heyman has allowed a little bit more free reign into what's being said during these promo segments, uh, because that's what he prefers and he knows that's kind of the right thing. So, I don't know whether it's kind of wholly noticeable yet on Monday Night Raw, um, but uh, that's something that uh, Jerry Lawler has certainly put out there about the way that Paul Heyman is uh, kind of helping his talent uh, on uh, on Monday Night Raws every single Monday. So that's uh, a bit of a glimmer of hope there for your for your kind of point you've raised during your grinding of your gears. But uh, any thoughts towards that? I- I'm totally on board with that.
1: Paul Heyman is a genius, and. If you've got a guy like Paul Heyman giving you bullet points, you can't go wrong. I mean, if you want to learn how to cut a promo, just watch Paul Heyman. You know, it's totally. he's, the perf- he's the perfect guy to give you tips on how to cut a promo. Uh, you know, give them the bullet points. Go out there and do this. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm totally on board. And I hope that is something that we are going to see. I really, really do. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's grinding my gears this week then, Jamie. And it's news that kind of broke, I think, last night on SmackDown. There's been rumblings for the last few weeks, but it's the Bella Twins going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, my God, please save us. So both former Divas champions, of course, but they're probably more famous for their lack of ability in the ring and for being reality stars, uh, who both got into relationships with top-tier WWE talents. Um, the Bellas going into the Hall of Fame is kind of on the same level as a Coco Beware or a Hillbilly Jim, in my opinion. Um it's kind of that level of induction in my opinion. And I'm struggling to figure out what major contribution they've had to the business, apart from possibly promoting WWE on their reality shows, of course. Uh the Bellas were part of an era where was- Divas were considered a bit of a dirty word, and uh you'll probably you know get whoever is inducting them on the night at the Hall of Fame and tell the audience that they were pioneers of the women's division, um you know, the women's division we know today. No, they weren't. They, they, they couldn't execute basic moves without e- injuring themselves or without injuring their opponents. And in my opinion, they should be deleted from the history books due to their crimes to the wrestling industry as a whole and not be celebrated in the WWE Hall of Fame. So uh, your thoughts on my on my kind of topic this week, the Bella Twins going into the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with you, to be honest. Um, I don't have anything personal against them, but I do not think for a second that they are Hall of Fame-worthy. When, yeah. when you look at the Hall of Fame, and there's people like Luna Vashan, who is not in there yet, you know, Victoria, Molly Holly, and the Bella Twins are going in before them, I'm yeah. sorry, I just, I'm just i not buying into that at all. The Hall of... that It's just... It's it's a publicity stunt. I, I don't... Whoever decided on the Bellas... I'm lost for words, mate. I can't even... I'm, I'm, I'm with you completely with you. I'm sorry. Like, you've got Luna Buchanan who's not in there yet, and Molly Holly, yeah. Victoria. You know, why are these girls in there? It's it's a, it's baffling, baffling, man. I just last oh, year with Tory Wilson was bad enough, but now the Bellas. I'm I'm sorry, just yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not with this one at all. I, I really, yeah. and again, not, nothing personal against them, but they're not Hall of Fame worthy, absolutely not.
0: No. I mean, on the plus side, I mean, you look at the people that have also been announced, um, NWO, which I think is a deserving inclusion into the Hall of Fame. Batista, of course. And then there's rumblings that uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and the British Bulldog, David Will Smith, are also going to be inducted. So I'll be happy with those four and maybe, you know, one or two other credible uh, names thrown in there. But uh, the 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 Bella Twins, I think that's going to be my toilet break to the Hall of Fame this year.
1: I have also heard there's rumblings of JBL going in this year as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And uh, if they can throw in a, a Bam Bam Bigelow or a Vader, uh, then I'll be doubly happy. I think those two are a long overdue entry into the Hall of Fame. But uh, there we go. So let, let's kind of flip the tide, so to speak. Let's have a look at uh, what's floating in your boat. So, so Jamie, what, what's kind of really turning you on? What's kind of making you excited for the wrestling product? What's floating in your boat at the moment about the wrestling industry as a whole then? Well, I think we touched on it earlier on in the show.
1: Um, three simple letters NWA that that is what is that is just the best thing in the world for me at the moment is the NWA if, if people aren't watching it I highly recommend they do it's an hour of wrestling our wrestling show should be done um and it's just a joy to watch I get lost in the moment for an hour it's just a wonderful wonderful show it's produced perfectly it's got the right guys um and it just, I as daft as it sounds, obviously wrestling's one of them things that it's always been there for me. Because, I again, like a lot of people, I've, I've suffered with anxiety and depression over the years. And wrestling's that one constant for me. And at the minute, it, the NWA power is, it's really affirmed my love for the, the world of professional wrestling. Yeah.
0: That's a fantastic topic and uh, very well put. And uh, another subject that we kind of alluded to and touched on earlier on during our AEW review, but uh, what's floating my boat this week are the super hot crowds at AEW Dynamite. Uh, You know, they've been hot since day one, Uh, despite pictures of half-empty arenas. uh, You wouldn't know it due to their infectious enthusiasm and noise that they generate on a weekly basis. When you compare the AEW crowd... At dynamite to NXt at full sale it really is night and day as much as I love um, NXt um, I've got a record as saying that I think NXt um, in full sale every single week is hurting their overall product and they need to get on the road and they need to perform in front of a fresh um, set of eyes on a regular basis when you compare that to you know AEW, uh, when you when you kind of flicking between the channels, say, as a casual viewer, and you kind of flicking between NXT and AEW, and you come across the full-sale crowd and you flick over to Dynamite, you've got the, the Dynamite crowd there, that are really loud, really into it, really enthusiastic. Um, you know, it, it really does kind of send out a clear message that the, the atmosphere of AEW and the, the product is potentially bigger and better. Um, and, uh, you know, if I was a casual viewer, I'd know that I'd stick on AEW purely because of the fans. You know, they get involved in the matches, They dress up, they have fun you know they get involved in the entrances as well so I mean with Jericho's entrance singing Judas uh, they're really really loud and over the top when Cody comes out when John Moxley comes out that's always electric and uh, as much as I love NXT and always have done I'm starting to get fed up with kind of the smart fans at full sale sitting on their hands during fantastic matches and trying to get themselves over with their own funny chants um, that uh, were maybe funny a few years ago but not so much nowadays but uh, what's floating my boat at the moment Jamie are the crowds in in AEW.
1: Yeah, and I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, like I said, I get goosebumps from a good crowd when there's an atmosphere. Um, me, Callum, and Kurt were lucky enough to go to All In in Chicago, and I had, I literally had goosebumps before I even got to my seat. The electricity in the in the arena, the the crowd, you know, it was a it was a Chicago crowd as well. But that that crowd made it. It was like you felt like you was a part of something. Um, I'm totally with you, man. It's all about a good crowd. A good crowd makes a good show.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, a few interesting topics uh, we discussed there in uh, what's grinding my gears and what's floating my boat. We'll have more of the same next week, so make sure that you check that out. So the final part of this week's Wrestling with Jonathan and Jamie, we're going to answer a few listener questions. So thinking back to this week's uh, AEW, we spoke about it earlier on in our Dynamite recap. There there was some criticism online from some fans of uh, Cody Rhodes' saying that um, um, he only has a good match when there's uh, when there's blood involved or when there's potentially a gimmick uh, involved in his match. And this leads us very nicely to the, the first set of questions. Now, in fact, we've got two questions that are very similar. Um, Ashley Clements asks... Uh, what's uh, our opinion of of blood being used in wrestling nowadays? And uh, do certain matches need it? And then Kieran Reed goes on to asks um, our thoughts on Cody uh, taking you know major spills, uh, the, the lashes from a couple of weeks ago, and bleeding. Um, is it necessary, or is it is it what he needs as he's not in the title picture at the moment? So kind of you know Cody, um, he does tend to bleed quite a bit in in his matches. And involved in a few gimmick matches, but is that what Cody needs uh, to be successful in AEW? And uh, uh, what are your thoughts on some of the questions being asked there?
1: Uh, first of all, I do think blood has a, a place in wrestling, but in in the right moment. Like obviously, it was a cage match. I'm all for a bit of blood in a cage match. If you're some some guys were in my head into a steel cage and I aren't bleeding, it, it's not believable for me. You're having your head into a steel cage, so I'm all for a bit of blood in the right circumstances, and a cage match is the perfect environment to have a bit of blood. Um, I don't think Cody needs to rely on it. Uh, He's a fantastic in-ring talent. He's clearly over. Um, He he obviously, maybe he—that's just what he thinks adds more to the match. Um, I don't know. I'm not Cody, but. As for the blood, yeah, it's definitely got a place in the right circumstances. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the case match, I think it was perfect. If someone's running my head into into steel, I'm going to bleed. So it's, it's believable.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I'm I, I you with know, the same uh, mindset as yourself. I think that blood has a place in wrestling still. Um, obviously, we don't see it so much in uh, WWE or, or NXT, but certainly AEW. And it does help to add to that drama. I mean, if you think back to when Cody took on his brother, Dustin Rhodes, at Double or Nothing last May. And Dustin, he bled like a stuff pick pig basically you know it bled all over the place but that added to the drama that added to you know the the tension of the match the reality of the match and it worked for that match and i think that if it's used under the right circumstances And not every single show, Um, I think, if it's used sparingly under the right circumstances for the right type of match and, you know, for a a big blow off match to a feud, potentially, then I think it has its place. As you described, it was a steel cage match this past Wednesday. So, yes, it it possibly did have uh, or was warranted during that match. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cody... He doesn't want to overdo it. He doesn't want to bleed in too many matches because it will become a little bit of a, you know, uh, something that's going to wear thin with the fans. But if you look at some of the situations where he has bled, it's been hard way. The, the, the chair shot from Sean Spears, I think he bled heavily from that. And oh. I, I think that that wasn't meant to have uh, happened the way it did. And of course, when he took that dive over the top rope when he was fighting, now was it his match against Jericho at All In um, or Full Gear, one of those matches, but where he cut his head on the rampway Way. that was pretty nasty and that was unintentional so there's a couple of occasions that you could kind of take out of the conversation where they were hard way and weren't scripted to, to happen that way um, but uh, yes yeah, so I, I kind of understand what they're saying on social media and what you know Ashley's getting across there um, or, or Kira's getting across there with the fact that Cody taking a lot of punishment and bleeding in quite a few of his matches um, and is it a way to get himself over because he's not in, in the title picture at the moment but um like I say, a couple of them occasions could be taken out of the conversation because of how they happened. But any final thoughts on this one?
1: No, no. Like Just again, like I said, um, I'm all for blood when it's warranted, like a cage match. Um, Cody, like I said, Cody's over. Cody's mega over. He doesn't need to rely on things like that. Uh, again, with the, with the lashes, I thought the lashes was a nice touch, to be honest. He's, he's that desperate to get his hands on MGF he would go to that extreme length. You know, it it fit in for me perfectly. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm on board for a bit of blood. You know, the lashes when it's warranted. Uh, And as for Cody, yeah, the, the guy's a star. He doesn't need to rely on that.
0: Uh, the next question from uh, Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. So uh, some great guys. are going to have Broken But Glorious on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast in March. So can't wait to have them on board. But uh, uh, they ask, uh, how would you book the theme versus Goldberg uh, match length, uh, basic story, uh, winners? So I mean, I've given this some thought, and, uh, and the reason why I decided to kind of add this question into this week's episode of uh, the Wrestling with Jonas podcast is because there's two names there that uh, that are kind of iconic in themselves. You've got the fiends, who's been quite impervious uh, to a lot of punishment that's been dished out in uh, the, in the few matches that he has had. And regardless of whether it's a ladder or a toolbox or a steel chair or a giant mallet, he's kind of got up pretty much every single time fought back and managed to defeat his uh, opponent. And then you've got Goldberg, who's, who's the legends uh, got a, a fantastic record behind him, got uh, an iconic status behind him as well. And with the way they've been building the Fiends and you don't expect him to lose the championship before WrestleMania. So it's interesting to kind of think how this match might go. Of course, you know, you can't pin the Fiends uh, so close to WrestleMania. And on the other hand, I don't think it would be right to have Goldberg losing as well because I don't think he's uh, flying all the way out to Saudi Arabia to lose. So I don't know whether there's going to be some shenanigans, whether there's going to be some interference um, or potentially could it be some sort of, uh, you know, uh inconclusive finish maybe a count out or a disqualification i don't know i don't know but um I, I i'm intrigued by this question purely because of the individuals involved and kind of what we know about them and how i'm not expecting goldberg to to lose too easily i'm not expecting the fiends uh, to lose too easily so it's kind of a bit of a stalemate really but uh, any thoughts on this one jamie
1: yeah I, I kind of i'm kind of with you on that one if i was booking it myself then i would actually have the fiend Destroy Goldberg. I would. I would actually have him beat him quite convincingly. Because I, I fear that once the fiend has been defeated, it's kind of done. It's like, what else is there? Yeah, that's you, the
0: mystique gone, then, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. So if I was booking it, I would book the fiend to annihilate him. I would have him beat him easily um, and quickly. Uh, like you, I don't see it happening. I, I I feel like they're saving the fiend for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But if, if I was booking it, yes, I would I would have the fiend destroy Goldberg uh, in quite quick time as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Um, and uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm not that interested in the in the Saudi show that's going to be taking place. There's a couple of matches that's got my interest, certainly uh, Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar that I'll probably catch, and maybe this one, um, but on the whole, I won't be watching the entire event. And then that leads us to our final question uh, from uh, from Mags. We've had Mags on the show quite a few times, uh, part of the, the Badlands pod, of course. And, and Mags asks, um, does AEW need a mid-card title? So... Obviously, AEW is still in its infancy, still you know only into its kind of second year, you could say it, it was only announced as being a thing in January 2019. So it's only just completed its first full year. Um, it's only done about three or four pay-per-views so far. We're obviously leading towards uh, Revolution next weekend. But uh, Mags asks, asks does AEW need a mid-card title? Now, I personally believe that it does. I think that uh, it's got a growing roster, It's got a lot of talent there that's uh, not really involved in the title picture. You've obviously got um, very talented singles wrestlers such as Kenny Omega and Adam Page being involved in a tag team, uh, the tag team title and tag team feuds at the moment, which keeps them busy. But uh, if they weren't, then it makes you wonder, you know, whether there's enough individual feuds out there to keep them busy storyline-wise without a a secondary title. Um, I think that eventually, and it may not be this year, um, they will get a mid-card title. I don't know whether it will focus on a, a particular... A stipulation or particular gimmick, um, but I, I do think there needs to be like an intercontinental style um, belt for the rest of the roster to feud around obviously you're going to have your top tier talents like the Moxies and the Jerichos and the Codys fighting after the you know the, the world title uh, but then you've got kind of the, the mid-card people maybe uh, you know your packs and uh, maybe your uh, Joey Janellas for example going after a secondary title but uh, I'd really like to see that I do think they need it and I do think we'll see it uh, maybe not this year though but uh, Jamie your thoughts on a mid-card title for AEW?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think it's something we'll see soon, but I think it's something we will see in the future. Uh, and I, again, I agree with you totally. I think it's something needed. Uh, they've got a stacked roster. Uh, you mentioned Georginelli. Uh, I'm a huge Sean Spears fan. Uh, it's you know a guy like Sean Spears yeah. would be a great, a great guy to having that mid card title feud. Um, I, I I truly think it will happen. I think I heard something a while back with Cody doing an interview saying that they're, they're, they have been di- discussing a secondary title. and um, When we'll get that, I don't know. But I think, yes, they definitely need one. There's enough guys on the roster to feud over a mid-card title. And I think I think it will work. I think it will happen. I just don't know when it will happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, another title that uh, I think would play quite well in AEW is maybe a trios title as well, because you've got a lot of groups, you've got a lot of factions, um, you know, you could potentially yeah. uh, throw in a, a trio, trios title there because they do pride themselves on tag team wrestling and uh, adding that to uh, other elements of tag team wrestling with, with, with the trios uh, championship could work yeah, yeah. as well in an organisation like AEW.
1: I'd be happy with that, exactly. Yeah. And then you've got a few trios, I mean, you've got best friends in Orange Cassidy, you know, there's SCU. Uh, I think that could work. I'd be down for that. I think that'd be a really good
0: idea soon you've got uh, the Dark Order of course you've got uh, the yeah. Jurassic Express yeah. and uh, quite yeah. a few others but uh, that could work as well but uh, Jamie that pretty much brings us to the end of uh, episode 106 of the Wrestling Majolahs podcast I just want to thank you so much for being a, a big part and a, a very uh, a, say, uh, excellent guest on this week's episode uh, before we say goodbye to you properly though where can my listeners get in touch with you say hi reach out to you listen to your podcast um, and uh, if you want to kind of plug your social media uh, handles
1: uh the, the floor is yours my friend well uh, i'm on instagram uh red wolf jb uh, also twitter red wolf jb uh, you can also find bell to bell on twitter and obviously ringsiders on twitter as well which is our main page um that's me i'm, I'm not much of a social media guy otherwise but that's where you'll find me
0: Awesome. Awesome. And i make sure that I'll put as many of those uh, handles in the description to this podcast. I can just click down into the description and uh, find you nice and easy. But, uh, Jamie, thank you very much. And I'd love to get you back on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast somewhere down the line, my friend. Uh, You've been an excellent guest and thank you. Thank you very much, mate. Anytime. Thank you. No, you're very welcome but uh, join us again next saturday for all of our uh weekly uh, aew and nxt recaps of course and, and next week will be a special aew revolution preview show where i'll be joined by a friend of the show he's been on uh, the podcast before nick towers um and he's also a very talented artist so we'll be talking to him about what he's been up to recently then on sunday the following day we'll actually be doing our aew revolution uh, review show uh, with uh, regular contributor chris thornton uh he usually comes on to review our AEW pay-per-views uh, so it'll be good to have Chris back on board uh, so there'll be another couple of can't miss episodes of the Wrestling Jonas podcast so uh, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling Jonas podcast for all of your weekly AEW NXT updates, uh, regular WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews um, exclusive interviews and so much more and please don't forget to spread the word tell your friends and tell your family and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks again to Jamie for coming on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Thank you to everybody that's listening and uh, take care. Have a great week. Catch up with you all again soon.